reach over if you can. And uh, if you have to scoot over a few seats to reach somebody, I want you to agree in your prayer that over the next few months, there will be no seats that are not filled. Is that all right? I want you to believe with me. Thank you, Jesus. We acknowledge that this is a season of divine reversals. We thank you for the way you've led us and directed us. We come into agreement right now that what we have sang and what you've spoken shall appear, shall come to pass. We agree right now that our sons and our daughters will rise up and serve the Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that our sons and our daughters will even serve the Lord with us in the name of Jesus. We praise you for it. We thank you for it. Now, Lord, let your word confirm it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. I want you to say thank you to God for the worship this morning and the, even the, the choice of prophetic song today. Clap your hands and give God praise for that. We have a wonderful, wonderful worship team. Amen. We love you all. We thank you for what you help us do. Amen. Thank you for setting the right atmosphere in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I want to welcome back again Tim LaCroix, all the way from Africa. Stand, Tim, would you please, sir? He's one of the sons of Metro. I cannot believe he's been away nine years. Can you believe that? Nine years. Amazing. I also want to welcome back to the house of the Lord. Welcome Lee and Brenda Sanders. Stand up for those, for those that knew to know who you are. Pillars in the house of God. I also want to stand all of you, uh, each of you, over the last few weeks that have come through COVID. In Jesus' name, stand up. You've come through it. Stand up. You've come through it. You've come through it. You're on the other side of it. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. I want you to keep standing and lift your hands. Those of you that come through, lift your hands. I, I want uh, this divine reversal, Father. We decree in the name of Jesus that these who have come through now will become agents of healing in the name of Christ. I thank you, Father, that the gifts of healing will begin to flow through them for others. I give you praise for it. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you believe it, Jump on your feet and begin to give God praise and thanks for it. Come on, Father. Come on. Come on, saints. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. And you may be seated. Who are you, great mountain?
are you compared to the creator? Every mountain's going to move. Tell your neighbor, every mountain's moving out of your way. Every last one of them is going to make the crooked place straight. It's going to bring down the mountains and bring up the valleys. And we will be, there will be a highway for us to run and to serve the Lord. That time is now. I want, I want to uh, see if I can... Uh, I may get some help to do this, but I want to culminate where we've been and open where we're going. Is that all right? I believe it's important. Several weeks ago when we celebrated Easter, God began to show me, he began to speak to me about that incredible instant. Do we happen to have, is it, I didn't ask for it, so if it's too long, that's okay. But if you can bring up that clip, that one little clip that we were using because we started this journey as we recognized what God was doing, as we recognized what he was saying. This one clip that shows, that gives us a clear sign that everything is open. Everything has been prepared. When Jesus said, it is finished when he said it's finished him and it's finished for the enemy it's the beginning for us amen Would you, can you play it is it possible uh, wave at me if it's okay if not I can keep going that means okay it means don't I'm, I'm sorry I get two signals shall I keep going alright I'll keep going amen alright look check this out saints now I need you to help me with this this is not only a review, but a go through. Amen. I need to review this. I need you to get it because I need you to see yourself. You know on that day, that was the gloomiest day, the darkest day in history. When God the Son, in obedience to the Father, mm, followed through, went through everything the Father had sent him to do. Christ did not come without purpose. If you can tap somebody by you and tell them you were the purpose for which he came. Tell them you were the purpose. Oh, if we could get it in our hearts, if we could understand God's plan, this will help you with your CPA, not your certified public accountant. But this will help you with your calling. This will help you with your purpose. This will help you with your assignment. God had in mind. He had you in mind. He knew you were coming. With his foreknowledge. With his perfect foreknowledge. Knew exactly what generation you were going to show up. God was planning for you. He planned for us. Tap your neighbor again. Say, so you were born at exactly the right time. No mistakes with God. He doesn't miss. Lord, have mercy. There is no missing in him because his knowledge is complete. His power is absolute. And his presence is ever-present. God, woo, he saw you coming. He knew you were going to become a part. 
We didn't know. He knew. He knew you were going to be here. God's timing is perfect. How many of you are married and you met that woman at the right time and now you know it was the right time? Can't you raise your hand yet? I'm praying for you. All right, all right, all right. God is awesome with his timing. You are not a person born out of season. You are a person God born. You are a person born in God's own timing. There's a reason why you're here. That day when the when the Son of God completed his number one assignment, when God the Father sent him in flesh as the full payment for our sins. Can you imagine the Father loving, loving, can you imagine being a father or being a mom and loving your child as you do, but realizing that if you're going to get the other children, you got to sacrifice that one. Have mercy. It's almost unimaginable in the heavenly council of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not three gods, these three are one. In the council of the Godhead, the Son agreeing to become flesh, not just to become flesh, not just to be born of a woman, and by the way, let, me, let it be known, let it be said, let it be telegraphed far and wide. Every person born in the world, every person, don't mess with my pronouns, every person born in the world came into the world through the legs of a woman. I want all the women to stand up and say, Hallelujah! And don't forget, ladies, how much you are hated. The enemy hates you. And God said, I will put enmity, a special hatred between you and the seed of that snake. You wonder why women are being picked on so badly. Well, I was going somewhere with this, this born thing. Every person came into the world without exception. There was nobody in the world that did not come into the world but through the legs of a woman. What? What? How you know that? Dave Chappelle said it. Everybody know Dave Chappelle, credible. You know? There is no exception. Why is that important? It's important because it matters how you got here. God's timing. No one can have a baby by themselves. You, you have to have a mate, want it or not. I'm so sorry this is so simple today, but you can say amen anyway. Amen. 
And so since you came here to the legs of a woman without exception, be male or female, even if you have a deformity in your genital parts, you still had to come here through, a man, through, a, through the legs of a woman. Am I right, saints? God has chosen the perpetuation of life to come forth through a woman as the son of God himself came into the world through a woman. Hello, somebody. And when, you, and when you try to destroy that which comes into the world through a woman, you are doing damage. You, 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 you are cursing God. You, you, what you are doing, you're denying the creation. That's why when Roe versus Wade got passed a few days ago, we went crazy. I want you to go crazy one more time. For all of you that have problems socially, saying, well, a woman ought to have the right to choose what she do with her own body. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, many of you would not be here say today. It, say it. Why is it important? Because God chose to bring the Son of God in flesh to be born of a woman. This is why we're not, we're not sacrificing any more innocent blood to that God anymore. Now, I'm not talking about the God of heaven. I'm talking about the God of Moloch that really thirst is bloodthirsty after the blood of innocent children. I want to tell you, if that happened to you, there is, there is forgiveness for you. There is the blood of Jesus that covers all the blood of sin and makes you clean in case you went through it or participated in it. But I want to tell you today, we had a victory the body of Christ won a most magnificent victory a few days ago when we struck down Roe versus Wade and declared it unconstitutional. They should have said unlawful in the presence of God, but unconstitutional, that's enough right now. And I want you to know that when they did so, they slapped that demon in the face. And somebody ought to step up one more time and say, Hallelujah! No, you're not jumping up and down because you might have been infected with the idea that the ruling was a travesty against creation and against women. That is a lie. I am so grateful. No matter what imposition our parents had to bear, I thank God they had enough godliness in them to protect the sanctity of life. And that life did not begin when, when, when you stuck your head out from between your mother's legs, but life began when you were formed and you started moving inside of your mother's womb. Because the Bible said, I knew you before your unformed parts. I knew you! And by the way, since we're on this, I didn't plan to do this, but since we're on this, why isn't anyone talking about if you have the freedom to choose what you do with your body, then why would you lay down with somebody if you shouldn't? Say it! Say it! Is this working? Is this working? Is this working? If you have the freedom to choose what you want to do with your own body, then we have the freedom to choose to sleep with or not sleep with. Hello? Don't exercise the freedom of sexuality and then, and then kill the child as a result. Have you lost your mind? Why isn't anyone saying that? If you're free to, free to kill a baby, you're also free not to have it. 
The issue is what do you believe is sanctified? What do you believe is holy? If you believe life is, listen, we believe that life is sacred. Touch your neighbor and say, to God, your life is sacred. Even when it's forming, it's sacred. And you know what makes me so mad, Rod, is, is the world got the church afraid to say this. We won't even talk about it out there with, with people. Have we lost our minds? So, someone did a study of how many famous people were attempts of abortion before. It's, a, it's an amazing list. Maybe, my, my, maybe Pastor Tiffany can pull it up or sometime and make it available to you. You would not believe. Even Oprah Winfrey said, if, if my mom would have believed in abortion, I wouldn't be here. Well, she's just one of the few. Jobs, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs tried to abort him. Just, just a few, and you know, they're not the most famous people in the world. Their lives even are not testifying to the glory of God yet. But I, I just want us to know today that the Father God, the Father God looks at your life as something sacred. I know you may not have been acting that way. You may not have been treated that way. But heaven looks at your life as something that is holy before God. Even when you're acting unholy, which is part of the reason why I want to tell you what I want to tell you today. We celebrate that. When Jesus, when Jesus died and he, he took on our sin, the Bible teaches us that he was fully identified with our sin. Though he committed no sin. He identified with us. In other words, he took our place. He took the bullet. He took the arrow. He took the, the punishment for us. He blocked us. He put us behind him. And he stood in for us. He took, tell your neighbor, he took the hit for you. If there ever was a proclamation of the love of the Father, herein is where it is. God so loved the world that he, come on, God so loved the world that he or he sacrificed his only son. God so loved the world that he punished his only son. God so loved the world that he beat beyond recognition his own son for you so you wouldn't have to so that you could be recognized by the father. Yeah, I do have glasses. She said, put your glasses on. Amen. They do help. Come on. What does it say? Oh, these are, these are people that, uh, uh, yeah, these are people that, uh, uh, <laughs> that um, if, if abortion was okay, they'd be dead today. They, we, we would never, the world would never have had them. Steve Jobs, Ofer Rimfrey, Tim, Tim, Tim Timbo, Pope John III, Nick Cannon, uh, Leon Barkley, Justin Bieber, Jesse Jackson, Jeanette Sheen, Jack N Nicholson, uh, Celine Dion, uh, Andrea Bocelli, uh, Brooke Shields, uh, Cher, uh, Eartha Kitt, uh, Faith Daniels, Ethel Waters, Kelly Wright, Mulan. I can't pronounce that. Mulan who? Oh, I can't see you that. need brain. <laughs> Mulan who? Sheltzman, 
uh, Sean, Lemon, Valerie. I don't know. There's more. There's some others. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? Put your name there and say, thank God he spared me. For, for all of you that are, 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 are under the weight of either participation in or promotion of or participation in, a, in, a, in, a, in an abortion, you need to know that he covered our sins, took them away, and made us white as snow. And so, in other words, he has chosen not to count our transgressions against us. Amen, saints. Would you raise your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. So in this series, seeing Christ being the representative of the whole human race, receiving all the punishment that was due the world for all of its sin, he died. You know what I mean? He died, he expired. And before he did, he said, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, all heaven broke out and hell was disrupted. What was ripped in those days at the proclamation of it is finished, the father's heart was ripped open because he's looking at his son. And what happens to the son happens to the father because these two are one. Christ's flesh was ripped open. Out of his chest came blood and water. The redemption of the world. Your redemption. The price to be paid for all of your sin was spilled out on the earth. His heart disrupted, erupted as the spear pierced his side. Those who stood by were appalled. The scriptures, they were aghast. It was such a horrible sight. Not only was that happened, the earth itself shook and it was ripped open. Violent earthquakes happened at that very moment when he said, it is finished. Are you still with me? The veil of the temple from top to bottom, 60 feet high, ripped from top to bottom. Can you imagine what the priests were thinking? What? For hundreds of years, that veil? Beautiful, but separated. Masterfully made, but blocking us out. He ripped it open in such a way, I can't imagine what they must have thought or felt uh, all those years and years and generations upon generations of sacrifices of the blood of animals uh, on the altar of God. And now the, that, that sacred place where only one God was allowed to come in once a year, tore open. By the way, I don't know in history, maybe you can find it. What did they do after that? It was ripped. Are you breathing, saints? Yes. Not, only, not only was the Father's heart 
the Savior's flesh, the very earth of the crucifixion, the temple veil ripped from top to bottom. Graves were ripped open. And the Bible says, I've said this before, that even many of those who had died in, had died in faith were seen walking around the city. It wasn't a, a, it wasn't a permanent visit. It was just a quick visit. Amen. Graves of loved ones who died believing were raised from the dead. The handwriting that had all of your sins, every single one of them, personal, private, direct, indirect, omission, commission, thoughts, every single thing written down. Ripped, and, and, and see the proclamation of your sins was made null and void by it being ripped apart. The Bible says he took it away, he tore it apart. And that is why every time you hear an accusation against yourself, it is not, it is not a word for you to run from God, it's a word to run to God. Because when you hear those accusations against yourself that make you not perform and not obey, when you hear those negative things coming at you about you, true or not, Run to Christ. Get forgiveness or acknowledge. I've already, when the devil says, you know what you did, tell him, I know what I did and I know who forgave him. Some of you are still controlled in your, by the way, there is no performance any greater than the way you see yourself. Right now, today, the battlefield is the, is the, is the battlefield of self-identity and self-recognition. Yes. That's why we have so many pronouns. Because people have not had the proper recognition of who they are. The solution is to know what God said. Look at your neighbor and say, I am who God says I am. And if God made you that way, the last thing you should be is ashamed of it. Let the people say amen. So in this series, Rip, we noticed and we see that not only that temple veil was ripped, but those accusations and those handwritings that were against us, they were destroyed. Something else that was ripped, I thought about, I didn't even realize it, that when the Romans sealed the tomb with that great stone that it took several men to move into place, even though it was a circle, even though you could roll it, it took several men because it was it made so many, I'm sure it weighed a thousand pounds plus, but they had to move that thing in place. Then they sealed that tomb with cords and with wax, with the emperor's wax, ripped apart. Every cord over the stone ripped apart as the angels wanted you to know. He ain't here. So powerful was that ripping until the, the, the soldiers were on their face. They couldn't stand the light. They couldn't stand the power. Heaven came down and invaded earth at the place of death and life came forth. The tomb, the seal of the tomb was ripped for you. It's like the father trying to show you how much he cares about you. It's like him wanting you to know. I want, to, I want you to get how much you, you know, most people do not realize they don't live in the love of God. They don't know how much they are loved, how much they are wanted. You know, marriages fall apart because couples do not declare before each other, even when they ain't feeling it, how much they love each other. 
You know, marriages fall apart, uh, uh, divorces happen because communication is not clear how much we love. Father knows that the key to keeping your life together is, is for you to know how much he loves you. Mm. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Well, they taught us in school. Does Jesus love you? Yes. Does Jesus love you when you're good? Yes. Does Jesus love you when you're bad? Most kids say, no. <laughs> Tap your neighbor one more time and say, that's a lie. <laughs> when you're ugly, he still loves you. When you're mad, he still loves you. When your face is tore up, he still loves you. When you're doing dirty, he still loves you. When you turn your back, he still loves you. When you walk away, he still loves you. When you're lying and you're cussing, he still loves you. Help us, Jesus. When you mess up beyond mess up and you think there's no straightening up. When, you, when your actions have been so terrible and, your, and the results of your actions have negatively impacted so many people until you think there's no undoing it. God still loves you and knows how to turn it around. There's nothing he can't reverse. There's nothing he can't turn around. If he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can turn around your life and he can turn around your situation. Clap your hands, somebody, if you hear what I'm saying to you. I don't care where you been I don't care what you've done I don't care what you left out I don't care God still loves you loves you when you're weak loves you when you think you're strong he loves you Andre Crouch you should learn this song we wrote a song called he loves me yes he loves me yes he loves me he loves me yes he loves me you should, you should pull it up. It's an amazing melody that we need to learn. You need to learn it in your heart. So when you, when you, when you don't match up and when you don't, when you don't finish and when you don't do everything he wants you to do, you ought to bring that song up in your spirit and remind you, he loves me. He loves me. Yes, he loves me. He always will. He always has. And he always will. So he, why ripped? Why such destruction? Because he wants you to know how much you are loved. He wants you to know and engage your will to the love of God. He wants you to understand that his love is beyond measure. His love is powerful. It's not weak, frilly, emotional love. No, it's solid, unmovable when you're ugly love. You know what I'm talking about, parents. When your children are cutting up and acting a fool and give you that face. Hello, somebody? Don't act like you ain't never given them that look, that ugly look. 
And you as a parent, though you may be disturbed by their action, you might, you might even be angered by their action. Love, God's, God's love is greater than his anger. Mm. I was thinking about you. When you don't know this love I'm talking about, when you don't know the love I'm talking about, then you don't ever act the way God has, has created you to act. What is it that turns a man's heart around? What is it that turns a woman's heart around? What is it that makes you come to your senses? Lord, Lord. I'm reminded, I have it in my notes, I'm reminded about the story I, in our devotions this week. I, I pointed you to three stories in the 15th chapter of Luke. I'm going to point you there again this week. Read the, uh, from Luke chapter 15. Read from, I think it's 11 till 32. Read the three stories. Read the details. It's amazing. Everything, all of them are three different stories, but they all have a thread, uh, an equal thread running through them that ties them together. It's a beautiful rendition. It's, a, it's an incredible symphony of, of the picture of the love of your father. It's almost beyond description if you understand the story. He starts those three stories <laughs> with, with, with like one of your kids. One of them is always going to be wandering off. Everybody over there. How many of you got a wanderer in your house? Everybody doing right, everybody going right. Where is he? My wonder is in California. If you, if you get this message, Matthew, please don't hurt, hurt your dad for kicking you to the curb for a little minute, for a bit. I'm not kicking you to the curb. I'm just talking about how you used to be. Amen. We all in the car going home from the mall. Why were we in the mall? Because we, we, eat, we eat Sunday dinner at the mall. At, Piccadilly, everybody so know every, that? Every week. Every, every week. South of Camel. Yeah. Cranberry salad. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. We all in the car. We happy. We all in the car. Go, I'm driving home. We happy. In the van. I, I, in the van. I'm looking in the mirror. And it, 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 it's quiet. And I'm thinking, I'm looking in the mirror. I said, where's Matthew? Carol said, Where's Matthew? Tiffany, she's the oldest. She's going to be watching him. <laughs> Where's Matthew? <laughs> Matthew, back at the mall. <laughs> this happened. This happened. We're down the road. We're almost home. I, I whipped that van around and almost turned up. Boom, we go back to the mall. And we, I'm breaking the king's laws. Oh, yeah. I'm running stop. I said, I'm thinking, oh, God. You know how the enemy work in your mind? Oh, somebody got your baby. Oh, Lord, I'm going to jail. I know I'm going to jail today. And, 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 and I, I get to the mall. Pull up, yeah. The guy must have known it was us the way we came in that parking lot. <laughs> we flung the door open. The guy said, here he is. <laughs> like a, oh, ah. ah. 
You're so glad to see him, but you want to scold him for what you went through, you know? Tap your neighbor and say, when you wander off, he still loves you. He still loves you. And what shepherd that has a hundred sheep, you should read the account, it'll blow your mind, would not leave them in the open and leave them and run and go find town. Where, where is he? Searching everywhere. For one, not the 99, not where all the bucks are, not where my future living is. No, the, the, the one that's causing me trouble. It does not leave them. Go searching until he finds him. And when he finds him, puts him on his, this is traditional. These are always the younger ones. Put them on, puts a lamb on his shoulders. Two back feet here, two front feet here. Takes him home. Read the story. And he, he, he takes the sheep back to, to the fold. He ain't worried about the sheep. They can take care of each other. If they get attacked, they just get close. Just huddle up. Wolf can't get them out because they, they, they can't get them out the pack because the pack's so tight. By the way, that's the way sheep, sheep would protect themselves. They get close to the pack. They, they press in so the enemy can't. It's the, it's the lone sheep that get ate up by the wolves. Them that don't come. Them that they straggling out there. Hello, y'all there? And by the way, Rod, I was talking about you, we were talking about this earlier, that you know, some of us need to be the shepherd and go get some straggling sheep. Tell your neighbor what I said. You need to, there's some folk who are straggling out there. You need to go get them, because you love them. The Bible says he, he, he brings the sheep home and he, and, and he carries him on his shoulder. He doesn't only carry him on the shoulder, he calls all his fellowship. Hey, I found my sheep. Why? Because he loves him. I don't care what I have to go through. I don't care how I have to be ripped to find him. I will find him. That's the first story. Carries him back and then calls all the other shepherds to celebrate over the fact that he found him. The Bible says there is rejoicing in heaven. When, come on saints, one repents. What? When one person turns their heart back to the Father, the angels, hey, 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 the angels are partying. I'm sorry, y'all ain't got no imagination. Can you imagine? They can dance better than you. Amen. Can you, can you imagine? And they got wings. Can you imagine a myriads of angels party? Party! Everybody say party! Everybody say party! They, they shouting over you because you made a decision and you came home and you said, no, Father, it's reversal now. I want you. And God says that kind of rejoicing happens every time. Even, come on, even one. That's why he got ripped. Then the second story he tells, not only of, the, of, the, of searching for this one sheep, the second story, he says, this woman has her 
coins around her neck. That's the, that was the, in that day, that was their wedding symbol. And she, she loses it. And she, just, oh, she's distraught. Any of you married ladies had a rock on your finger, or at least it was an imagined rock on your finger? And, and has any of you ladies ever thought it was going to go down the sink? I remember my mom was washing her hands, and that ring, and if she missed it, she, gonna, she got hangers. Lord, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. She got hangers. She get them hangers to undo them hangers and reach down and get that ring out. Oh, you ain't never had no wedding ring? Oh, I'm gonna help you with that, amen. She lost her coin, the Bible says she turned the house, I mean, this is my translation, she turned the house upside down. She moving everything in the cracks and crevices. There is nothing she won't move to find it. There's nothing she won't disrupt to find it. Why? Because what it represents her love searches everywhere. You ever lost something? You just can't remember where you put it, and, and, and you you searching, tear the tear the mattress off the bed, tear the covers off the bed. Going out, <coughs> be coughing because the dust you ain't never cleaned up. <coughs> searching for it. You ever had put something away and you forgot where you put it? Even though you put it where you thought you put it, he can't find it, so you know anywhere you thought you put it. So now you got to go in there, it's because it's lost, right? You got to go in there, tear, move up all, mess up the order. You can tear everything up, what you looking for? You ever seen somebody down on their hands and knees, stuff flying out? What you looking for? I'm looking for my love. You understand what I'm saying? It's a picture of the father going through whatever he has to go through to find you. Lord have mercy. And when he find, when she finds that coin, God, let me tell you what about that coin. She telling somebody, right? She gonna party over what she lost because she loves it so much. God is giving you and I a picture of his heart toward you. And that's why he uh, won't give up the container. He won't give up on you. Sorry, he won't give up on you. Tell your neighbor, he will not give up on you. As ugly as you want to get, he won't give up on you. He's looking for you. In this service today, he's going to find some of you. And he, he uh, she finds that coin, and it's, it's the second story. That's story number two. And she rejoices some threads. You ought to look there and find the threads that run equally together in every story. Different situation, same application. And then he comes to the third story, which is bodacious, talking about a father with two sons. And one of the sons basically says to his father, this is in my, in my words, Father, you're worth more to me dead than alive. Give me my inheritance and I'm out. Because fathers don't give sons inheritance until the end of their life or after their death. The son takes his inheritance and he leaves. The father loves him beyond measure. But he understands that his son has a will and he allows him to go. Son figured out, the father probably figured out, he'll leave anyway, I might as well give him something to help him for a little while. So he gives his inheritance 
his hard-earned lifelong inheritance gives him his portion and the son leaves and spends everything where people who are newly rich with no experience they are a mess they are a catastrophe we know this by those who win the lottery come on help me saints I'm still talking about ripped and so so it is that son he uh, he spends everything the Bible calls it riotous living we call it party hardy is there another word for it? What do we call it today when, when, you, when, you, when you really, what's it said again? Turned. He turned up. He turned, and I mean, I mean, I mean, he, everything he could drink, everything he could do, everything he, place he could go, you know, he was, the, he was the man. He was the life of the party, driving large, dressing large, drinking large, eating large, all, everybody want to hang around him. Drinks for everybody. Ooh, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey, hey. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Why, did, why was the Son of Man ripped for you and me? To tell us, to tell you that there was no price too big to come after you. What, what does that have to do with the prodigal? Well, he's out there living large until all the money's gone. How many of you understand when the money's gone, the party stops in the world? And the money's gone. Ain't nobody hanging around you. Ain't nobody trying to come see if, they can, if you would buy him a drink. Hello, somebody. The Bible says you didn't have nothing. If you didn't have nothing, how you gonna, where you going to live? Where you going to sleep? Hello, somebody? And that, that son, he, uh, <laughs> he said, well, I, I, he came to a reality. I guess I better work. <laughs> But with nobody hiring him, only one person to hire him, the pig farm, the pig farm. He said, yeah, well, you feed the hogs. Worst job in the world for a Jewish person in a hog farm. He breaking all, he breaking all his traditions. He defying all his religion. And now he's feeding pigs and he's sitting, he's so hungry until the Bible says he feigned. He, in other words, he said, oh, I need to eat this right up here. And when he, when he started to put the food in his mouth, he came, by the way, you mothers and fathers who've got sons and daughters out there, in the name of the Lord Jesus, let them come to that place of fame. Let them come to the place where, 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 where in the midst of their sin, in the midst of their, their, their separateness, in the midst of their waywardness, let, let them come to the place where they realize that people that hang around you, they got everything they need, that even the servants are doing better than they are. Lift your hands, those wayward parents, children, parents of wayward children. Because as your hands are lifted up, I want you to also understand in this story, the father is looking for the son to come home. And if you look, read close enough, you'll see he can't stand it anymore. And he's, I gotta find him. And that's why the Bible says, when he saw him a long way off, 
He ran to him. Somebody wrote a book called The Day God Ran. Parents, as you're lifting your hands, just understand that God the Father will run after your children. Give God permission. Give God your assistance. Give God your yes and amen to go after your children. I thank you, Lord. Let it be done in Jesus' name. And the next thing you know, the father who sees that son, both of them a long way off. He embraces him and the son does, you know, you know the son has had a change. You know he's had a change when he's not angry, he's not mad. He's not cynical. He understands his father loves him. He said, Father, forgive me. You know when your children when your children are asking you for forgiveness is a mighty gift from the Father God. And when they come back, don't force them to do that. They will, they will come to the place where they'll ask you to forgive them. It's a gift from the Father God. And when they do it, open your heart and let them speak to you <clears throat> and receive them. Father, I'm not even worthy to be, I'm not even worthy to be your son. He said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of the hired servants. Father, it, it's like he, it's almost like he disrupts him, not like he interrupts him. And it's almost like he ignores him. And he said, servants, bring out the robe, bring out the ring, bring out the shoes, bring out the barbecue. Why? This son of mine was dead. Now he is alive. He, is, he was lost, but now, come on, say, he's what? So I'm not going to tell you. You draw. What is the thread? What is the thread that runs through the stories that God is trying, that Jesus was trying to say to them, which they were not ready to receive? What was he trying to reveal to them? Why would he be ripped so? Do you know? You should read the three stories and ask the Father. I ain't going to tell you. Read the story and ask the Father, tell me, Lord, what is this? Because when you see it, it will change your life. You have to wait till next Friday for me to talk about it. Because I ain't going to tell you right now. Are you there? So, oh, I got to finish. So, what time is it? Who? I'm going to make it. Check it out. Oh, so if we take seven, so if we take eight rips, which is the, which eight rips is the number for resurrection. Eight. So not only was the father's heart ripped, Jesus' flesh was ripped, the earth was ripped, the graves were ripped open, the veil was ripped, the handwriting of accusations, they were ripped. The seal over the grave was ripped. And the graves of the earth shall be ripped again when he appears. For eight is the number for resurrection.
And this is why the Lord wants you and I to walk, to rest in peace. Do you know, one thing that people need in this world today, in this city today, is peace. You don't believe it, check with the pharmacist and see what has happened even since COVID. The explosion of the increase of medicine to go to sleep. Because they do not, they, men and women do not have peace. God the Father wants to give you his peace. He wants you to, he wants you to have the peace that comes when your enemy is destroyed or when your enemy is overcome. Tap your neighbor, tell you, you can't have peace until, until your enemy is destroyed. Now nah, that wasn't a highlight. Look at them again and say, you can't have peace until you know your enemy is defeated. He wants to resurrect your life in power. He wants to fill you so that you can be filled with the goodness of God, filled with the power of God to be able to perform the miracles, to perform God's assignment for your life. He wants that power to be in your... So the first thing that happens after the grave, those few days later, the Holy Spirit comes down on the disciples. They were filled with the presence of God. And he said, you will be my witnesses. He wants resurrection power to be a part of your life. We're going to have that in just a moment. But he also wants you to understand that just because you have the power of God and just because you have the peace of God doesn't mean you ain't going to have to deal with some pain. You got to choose which pain you're going to live with. Didn't the prophet tell us that? Did he not tell us that? You got to live with the pain of discipline or you got to live with the pain of defeat. But you're going to have to choose which, which, which lifestyle you're going to live. You can't be happy with everything. God did not construct your life for you to be exactly, absolutely happy. God did not construct your life. You know, uh, I know, I know, he sang about it, but I'm, I'm bringing correction to it. Do you want to be happy? Well, 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 yeah, and I want to be happy. Uh, 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 uh. Remember that? You know the song? Kirk Franklin, right? I just want you to know God didn't make you to be happy. Let me tell you anybody said, God did not make you to be happy. He made you to be full of joy. And you can have joy even when you're going through pain. But you can't live in this life without learning how to deal with pain. And let, until you learn how to deal with pain, Satan is going to slap you and knock you around and fill you full of fear. Most people don't follow God because of the fear of the pain that it might incur. In fact, the pain in your life is signaling to you that you need to be doing what God wants you to do. Pain is a gift. Tell your neighbor, pain is a gift from God. Okay, I know you think that's heretical, but to think about this. When your body hurts, what is it telling you? When your stomach hurts, what are you asking for? When your head hurts, what? So God made you in a way that when your body signals pain, it's asking for attention in an area. 
If you didn't have pain, you'd be in trouble. There are some children who are born without pain sensors. They cut themselves, they don't even know they're cut. They're bleeding like crazy. Are you here, saints? Pain is a gift. Now you're not gonna always live in continual pain, but just understand, God will rip you and, and, and build you in such a way that you can take, you can deal with that. Couples get married, they start arguing with each other. It's painful argue with the person you got to sleep with. You ever tried to make love to the person you're mad with? She said, no. <laughs> it's tough. It's hard to be hard when you're mad with somebody. That was really good. That was really good. It came out that way, but... Moving right along. Let's bring it home. Saints, God intended you and I, tap your name and say, it's time for you to grow up now. I'd like to suggest the place where you have not grown is a place where you've not been willing to endure some pain. And that place that God wants you to grow up has the greatest rewards in your life. But you've got to be willing to go through that pain and discomfort for you to get that reward. And when God, when God hung on the cross, he's teaching us how to hang in there until it's over. That the reward is worth it. People that constantly want to be delivered from their pain are babies. Infants, immature. Babies, infants, immature. What's it called when, you, uh, when you're backward, uh, uh, when you're undeveloped? What's that called? Another word for it. Immature. What? Premature. No, it's worse, it's worse than premature. It's like when you, when you, when you live for so long, you, know, you, you, know, you just deny, 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 and you, like you, you, know, you atrophy. And There's a word for it, but it'll come to me. When you don't, when you don't, when you don't rise up to the issue that's going to cause you pain, when, you're not, when you don't rise up to do what God's called you to do because it's, 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 it's difficult or hard, when you don't go forward and be, be disciplined not like God wants you to, so that you can grow. There is no growth without pain. You can't become everything God wants you to become without dealing with some difficulty. It's dealing with the difficulty that causes the discipline to mature you. To grow you up. That's why some folk don't need to get married because they ain't ready. Because they can't endure nothing. Because when you're married, there's pain in the relationship. It does come. Can I get any married couple here to clap their hands and agree with the bishop today and, 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 and shame the devil? But the beautiful thing about marriage is even though it's painful, you know, listen to me, you either put up with the pain of changing or you never get to deal with the pleasure of making up. Oh, that's another story too. Go home, son. All right. So, ripped in pain. 
But the last one God wants us to do, it is time now, saints, for us to be restored in passion. It's time. Some of you, you are passionate about so many things that don't make a difference. The body of Christ can be passionate about their, you know, passionate about their, 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 their braves, passionate about their falcons, passionate about their hawks. You can be passionate about your shopping. You can be passionate about the stuff you love. And, and, and I, I promise you, there's some joy in that, but there's never equal the joy of being passionate about what God wants. I said this to you today to, to tell you that the Father God ripped that curtain open because not only so you could come in and fellowship with him, but he ripped it open because he couldn't stand, he couldn't stand not being in you anymore. couldn't stand fellowship without you. It's like a man who's in love having a fight with his fiance or the person he wants to marry and he's miserable. Not only did she win the argument, but he's so mad because I, I, it made him look bad. Mad because of the way you made me feel. And then a day or so will pass and that feeling will go and the misery sets in. I'm having problems when I'm with you but I'm miserable without you. I didn't mean it but I do mean it. And so he, 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 he comes over she don't knock. She don't come to the door. And he texts her. And she don't answer the text. And he FaceTimes her. She won't answer the FaceTime call. He can't stand it. So he, he gets up and he, he knows where she lives. She got all the security codes. He don't know the security codes. But he's trying to get in the pot. She won't come. She won't answer. She's mad. She said, no, let him suffer. Let him suffer. <laughs> but he realizes something. I was so mad with you, but my love for you and my want to be with you is bigger than my mad with you. So he does what any, what any spirit-filled kingdom man would do. He goes after her. He joins the Le Pew Society. <laughs> Have I got any brothers who are still a part of the Le Pew Society? If you know what it is and you're a brother, I mean, you are, you, you, you know, you're a brother, you're a man, you have appendages. If you're a man, stand up on your feet if you understand that I'm still a part of the Le Pew Society. Those of you who don't know about it, we'll tell y'all about it in private later. But it's a company of men who will not be denied.
We will not leave. We will not stray. We have made our mind. We ain't going to do nothing but stay. It's a company of brothers who understand that, that if she runs, I'll go after her. If she slaps me, I will say, oh, you want to play love games. <laughs> Do you feel me, bro? Do you feel me, man? There's nothing she could do. I mean, he could stank. And she's like, oh, God. Ooh. But she cannot run. No matter where she runs, I will find you. I will track you down. I will be accused of a stalker. <laughs> I will find whatever I need to do to win you back. Because I can't stand life without you. This is the father coming after you. His passion for you. His incredible greatness of his plan for your life. The greatness of his power reserved for you. The Father who has called you out of darkness into light. The Father who can't be satisfied until you have said yes and you go. Father's been tracking you down every day of your life. The Father who, who brings himself to your mind after your situation. One who's with you when you wake up at conversation you've been having. The one who has called you, purposed you, and assigned you. His passion. My prayer over you is that he would never let you go. My, my prayer over you is that he would hound you like the hound of heaven, would track you down until you said yes. My prayer for you is that you know the father that I'm talking about that will not let you go no matter what. No matter how much you persecute yourself. And no matter how much you put yourself down for things you have not done or things you did. That, that father will stay after you until you accept that his call is greater than your sin. His love is greater than your rebellion. His, his, his passion for you is much stronger than any resistance you have toward him. that you would quit going to church and follow him. That you quit being religious. Give God his hour, two hours. Depending on who's preaching today, three hours. <laughs> and then now you're done for the week. Really? May you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Quit resisting him. Those of you watching me online, may this be the day you make a decision. Will you give God your attention? He's been ringing your phone every day. He's been lighting up your text. He's been ringing your messenger. 
gets your attention. He loves you. Won't you love him back? Bruno Mars understood it in his song. I'm going to love the girl. You going to love me back? And the father looking for you. You've been out to lunch. Where you been? Oh, I go to church. Out to lunch. You have no sense of what God has placed over your head for your life to live, for your life to be. You have no sense of assignment. You have no, no understanding, not even a clue of how God has got a hold of you and what and why he's gotten a hold of you. Paul said, he said, I, I, he said, I, I thank God for the reason why he got a hold of me. I now want to get a hold of the reason why he got a hold of me. You just kind of cool. You enjoy Sunday morning dinners more than you enjoy going to church. By your heads, I quit this. Holy Spirit, you know who they are. You know whose door you've been knocking on. You know whose heart you've been tugging at. You know whose calling has sounded out and they've not responded. I'm asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, that they would say yes. That they tap the green button on the FaceTime call. I'm asking you, Father, that they would respond back to the text. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you love us so much. You've got something for us to do something for us to accomplish. Lord, we don't want to die with our work undone. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for those who say, yes, you were talking to me. Thank you, Father. Not only calling them back to the, the station you already had for them, the robe of righteousness, the, the feet the sandals, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the ring of authority you have for us that we may carry out the work of your kingdom. We say yes today. In our ignorance, we say yes. What we don't know, we believe you will teach us. But we say yes. I pray for them today that, for the, that your peace rest in their hearts that the war would stop would cease I pray for them today Heavenly Father that the power would begin to surge I pray Father that it would work through the pain for the glory of the discipline and the authority and I thank you for filling them with your passion in Jesus name 